Hello and welcome to the 48th episode of the Fuel for Life podcast. My name is Bogdan Kipko and this is the podcast dedicated to fueling your faith in the one who gives faith. And I am convinced that whatever fills your mind will inevitably fuel your life. And so my goal is to help you realize the promise of God's gospel for every part of your life. Well, how's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? First off, I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And if we're not yet connected, add me on Snapchat, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know of an amazing resources that we've created in order to fuel your faith, and that's the Fuel for Life app. It's available now on the Apple App Store. You can download it, and I personally think it's the best way to consume all the content that's put out here on the Fuel for Life. So download that app today, and I would love to hear what you think about it. In addition to that, we've launched a brand new show called Fuel for Today, and this is short teaching segments that are launched every single day, Monday through Friday, to help fuel your faith. So I hope you are extremely blessed and encouraged by those as well. In addition to that, I'm just arriving back from Tacoma. Recently, we had an amazing Fuel for Life night event there. I just want to thank the worship team, thank the volunteers, thank every person who made this night a success. I also want to thank you personally if you made it to the event. It was such an encouraging night. I personally was inspired meeting so many of you for the very first time face to face. So thank you so much for coming to that. And definitely we'll have more events like that in the future. So stay tuned for that. So this episode is going to be extra special because today is my birthday and on this episode I am going to talk about 32 lessons that I personally learned after being alive for 32 years and honestly the best birthday present you could ever give me is by simply going to my Facebook page and sharing this post with this podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it and I thank you for that in advance. So I believe that as I begin this podcast and I share my heart with you, I hope that you're encouraged by it, inspired by it, and hopefully you'll take away some practical tips that you can immediately implement into your life. So let's get started. So when we think of birthdays and when I think of taking an inventory of my life, I always have to think about time and time is a fleeting thing. Time shows no mercy. Time does not sympathize with my schedule, nor is it a respecter of my to-do list. Time just keeps going. It doesn't stop for anyway. And this is why St. Paul emphatically told us to make the best use of our time. But the frustrating thing about time is that it's not elastic. I can't stretch it. I can't contain it. I can't pause it or store it to use later. My only option left is to use it before it's gone forever. So my inventory list of things I've personally learned in the last 32 years is my feeble attempt of trying to press pause on time and reflect on what I have learned and how much more I still have to learn. So 
here we go. 32 lessons I learned after being alive for 32 years. Lesson number one, Jesus is in love with the current version of you, not the improved version of you. There is not a moment where God loves you less than he does right now. And this overwhelming grace continues to press into me as I get older. And I only hope and pray I can become more effective at overwhelming others with the same grace as I receive. And I hear people often say, well, I need to get to a certain spiritual level before I can serve God. That's nonsense. You need to begin serving him today. He's going to be constantly working on you for the rest of your life. Lesson number two. Your spouse is the most important person in your life after Jesus. And if you're a guy listening to this, and if you're married or if you're hoping to be married, you have to understand that you have to learn to lead your wife in such a way where she's beyond thrilled about helping you do what you have been called to do. And I've said this before, that theologically and philosophically compatible spouses will shake continents and move mountains. So do whatever you can to make your spouse a priority in your life, because if you don't, someone else will or something else will. Lesson number three, there's nothing more important than people. If you work with people in any capacity, you're in the people business. If you have to make inconvenient concessions in your life in order to serve people, it is totally worth it. You have to be the practical Messiah to the people in your life. And I would say you need to be the one who brings the proverbial better wine to the party and cleans up the mess afterwards, just like Jesus. Lesson number four, time is not on your side. So all of us have one life to live. God has given us gifts, talents, and abilities. Some hone their craft while others squander it. Don't be the one that squanders it. Don't be the person that wakes up when they're 40 or 50 or 60 years old and says, I have wasted my life. Everyone gets to use the same amount of time, but not everyone uses the time in the way in which it should be utilized. Lesson number five, it is fine if people are not excited about your vision. Many times God gives people visions and plans that far surpass the understanding of other people, and that's completely okay. In fact, maybe this is a reason why you shouldn't share your dreams and your highest aspirations with every single person you know. Keep that to a close circle of friends and confidants who really love you and care for you, because not everyone will be pumped about the vision that God has given you. But this should neither devastate you nor discourage you. You do you and let others be who they are. Lesson number six, put in the work. Paul said that he worked harder than anyone else, but it was God's grace that worked in him and through him. And I personally believe that the harder we work, the more opportunities we'll receive. And we need to put ourselves directly into the pathway of God's favor and blessings. And that comes with hard work. And I always say that comparison is the enemy of contentment. Do not compare somebody's highlight reel with your behind the scenes. Lesson number seven, say no to good things so you can say yes to great things. Not every opportunity that comes my way, I have to agree with. Many things I've had to say no to. And about 15 years ago, I figured out exactly what God has called me to do. And if an opportunity doesn't fit into that mission and into that sphere, then I simply decline it. Lesson number eight, 
when you sense the wave of the Holy Spirit in your life, ride that wave out as much and as long as possible because you don't know when the next one will be coming along. Lesson number nine, if some people don't get along with you or don't want to work with you, then find those who do and those who don't will find others that are more compatible. There's no point in wasting your emotional capacity trying to convince people that will never be convinced. Lesson number 10, most people who are more successful or more accomplished than you don't really know much more than you and are not more intelligent than you. They're simply more hardworking than you. Which brings me to lesson number 11. Persistence is more important than intelligence. Lesson number 12. You can't outgive God. The more generous you become, the shockingly more generous God will become. You have to be bold and generosity is the new currency. And I believe that our generosity is often tested not when we have a lot and give a lot, but when we have nothing and still give a lot. Lesson number 13, you don't own anything. Everything I have, everything you have is God's. All we are is simply stewards of it. Lesson number 14, keep a loose grip on your possessions. Have your possessions, but don't let your possessions have you. I've been to many funerals and I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow a hearst. Number 15, Surround yourself with positive people. Intentionally put yourself in environments where people bring out the best in you. And it's been said that you are the sum of the five people you hang out with most often. And that's absolutely true. So in my life, what I try to do is I try to surround myself with people that are much smarter than I am, that are much more intelligent than I am, that are much farther in life than I am. And the reason I do that is because I want to learn from those people. So here's a test for you. If you find yourself in the room and you're the smartest person in that room, you're in the wrong room. Lesson number 16. Some people in your life continue to suck the life out of you. It is better to move on from those relationships. Even Paul himself said that, if at all possible, live peaceably amongst one another, and sometimes it's just not possible. Lesson number 17, the best thing a person can do in their life is to commit themselves to a local church. Friends, there is no greater return on investment than being all in within a local church. If I could sit down with you and have coffee and retell you the dozens and dozens of stories and testimonies I've heard of people who committed to a local church and have seen tremendous blessings in their life, we would not even have time to talk about all those stories. So commit to a local church. You'll be glad you did. Lesson number 18. Don't wait for change to happen and become the change you want to have happen. Look for opportunities where you can impact and influence. And I believe that you need to start small because if you can influence and impact and become influential in small spheres, God will give you a larger platform. And I think one of the problems here is that many times people want to experience more from God while at the same time not knowing more of God. And our character often needs to catch up 
with our competency. So when our character doesn't equal our competency, that is why I believe many times God has not given you more than you want. Lesson number 19, be bold and dream big. Think about that dream or that wish or that desire you have in your mind right now that you would like to accomplish. Exponentially increase that. We serve a big God and I see no reason why God won't accomplish much more than we could ever imagine. And if you need proof of that, read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21. Lesson number 20, push through to the next level in all that you do. Whatever art or craft or skill that you have, continue pushing the envelope. Work hard and leave the results to God. Work as if it depends on you, but rest as if it depends on God, because it does. And I just recently had a conversation with someone where they're saying, well, aren't you worried about what the people are going to do or not going to do after you preach and after you counsel and after you disciple? And I say, you know what? My flesh and my human part of me does worry. But when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, I sleep very peacefully because I know that God is ultimately in control and not me. And I believe that's the way a healthy leader should function. Lesson number 21, enjoy the process more than the result. Find pleasure in doing what God called you to do, in serving people, in being in the center of God's will. And I would say that you need to learn to love the ritual more than the reward. How often do we get so caught up in trying to accomplish something when we miss the process all together? We need to live in the moment and we need to enjoy it. Lesson number 22, find that one thing that makes you feel the most alive when you do it and figure out if that helps anyone else. If it does, spend the rest of your life doing that and getting better at doing that one thing. I'm betting on my strengths and I'm absolutely not even focused on the areas in my life where I'm absolutely have a weakness. Now, what do I mean by that? I know that I'm never going to become a great musician or a great singer. That's why I let those people do that and I do what God has wired me to do. And the sooner and the faster we understand that, the more we can love other people with the gifts that God has given us. Lesson number 23, if someone doesn't like your idea, find those that do and work with them. This is the reason people don't like your idea, because it's your idea and it's not their idea. So if you conceived that particular idea, of course you're going to be in love with it. But at the same time, don't be so romantic to your ideas that you're not listening to the people in your life who are basically telling you that maybe you shouldn't pursue this and you should pursue something else. Lesson number 24, just because you don't feel God's presence, it doesn't mean that he's not present. This is the thing. Often God works in very, very mysterious ways. And we don't know exactly what's happening, but it is happening and God is working. And that's the great thing about God. So I think part of the Christian life is learning to trust God with your entire being. Lesson number 25, be yourself and quit trying to copy other people. Yes, it's great to get inspired by other people. Yes, it's great to get ideas from other people, but don't copy other people. There's no other version of you. You are a prototype, so be the best version of who God created you to be. Lesson number 26, 
Money is a gift and not a God. So steward it wisely and hold it with a loose grip. Money is a tool. It's an instrument. And it's interesting how sometimes people who don't tithe to church or don't give away of their resources have a difficulty with funds. And recently someone said, I can't pay my bills, therefore I don't tithe. To that, I would say you're not able to pay your bills because you don't tithe. And the thing is, God doesn't want our money, but he wants what it represents, and that's our heart. Lesson 27, figure out what God has called you to do and spend as many hours as possible learning and molding and shaping your craft. I would say be utterly obsessed with what you do so that you can be a better servant to other people using your gifts. I'm not interested in being a person of many talents. I personally believe people can do very well only maximum of maybe three or four or five things. So bet on your strengths and continue to work on them. So if the way that you serve other people is that particular art or craft, then do more of it and become better at it. Lesson number 28, continue building relational equity with people. And relational equity with people comes when we spend time with people people. Often it's going to be inconvenient. Often we might get nothing in return, but you are in the people business. And if people matter to God, people should matter to you. Lesson number 29, don't let success go to your head and don't let failure go to your heart. Lesson number 30, sometimes your biggest setbacks pave way for your biggest breakthroughs. This is why I believe you should take huge steps of faith. You should take huge risks. You only live once. Go all in and pray like crazy that God would bless your next endeavor. Lesson number 31, inspire people, empower people, and let people loose to do exactly what they love to do. And I believe this is the best way to work with teams and to inspire teams. And last but certainly not least, lesson number 32. Never overestimate your importance, but never underestimate your impact. We shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. We should not overestimate our importance. We shouldn't think we're these we're these important people, but at the same time, we need to understand that we can make an incredible impact on the people in our lives. So think about your life and think about, okay, how can I make an impact on the people that are around me? Yes, you're unique. Yes, you're important, but Jesus is so much more important. And so whatever it is that we do, we need to constantly and consistently point people to him, that ultimately he's the savior, he's the Messiah, he's the one that can come into a person's life and save them and restore them and give them a brand new life, not us. We're just simply the messengers. All right, Fuel for Life Nation, well, thank you so much for listening to these 32 
lessons that I've personally learned in 32 years of being alive and the best birthday gift you could possibly give me is to share this podcast with someone in your social network. So if you found it through Facebook, go ahead and hit that share button so that someone else would benefit from hearing it. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day or night, whenever it is that you're listening to this and spending time with me. I consider it a great privilege to speak into your life. And I'm so pumped about my brand new year of life. And my goal is going to be to serve you as much as I possibly can with the skills and talents that God has given me. So thank you so much for listening. And If you have a chance, please leave a rating and a review of the podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends and tell someone about it. Well, Fuel for Life Nation, until next time, remember, before God will do a great work through your life, he wants to first do a great work in your life. And there is hope, and his name is Jesus. Let my words be be true.